dependency can add to the loss and confusion you feel in grief. At 43 years of age, I had to figure out just who I was. Now, I could tell you that I like Christian or country music or that my favorite color was blue, but beyond that, I had always lived more like a chameleon as I adapted to what everyone else expected of me. Now, I'm going to also share the flip side of such dependency, too. If the relationship with your loved one was more negatively dependent, you may not realize that beyond healing from the loss of your person, you also have to heal from the lack of the relationship you wanted or expected. Listen today to see if you are stuck in the patterns of the past and how to walk in a freer existence with more confidence in who you were created to be. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thanks for being here. I want you to always feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Norway, our spotlight country, and in the U.S., California, you remain at the top for week number three as the state with the most downloads. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over 85 countries now. This tells me that there is a need to talk about grief and that it's felt throughout the world. So know that wherever you are, you are not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. I know there are new listeners each week, and if that is you, welcome to the podcast you never wanted to need. I'm glad you're here, though, because it tells me that you are taking the hard steps towards your healing. And if you are a new listener and you hear me talk about Monica, her faith journey, or her death, and you want some more information, just go to my website, grief2greatday.com, and click on the book tab. I wrote a book, it's called Dying to be Healed, and it's about crazy faith in modern times. Her faith journey through the last six months was unreal, and her death changed me. She is actually the reason that you are listening to me today. In this podcast, we talk about understanding what in the world grief is. Like, there are things that are going to happen to you or are happening to you that you just don't understand, but you're not crazy, it's grief. We'll talk about getting through the hard days and growing your faith, even if you don't want to talk to God right now. Now, this podcast is really geared for the first two years after a life-changing loss. So if you are just starting your journey, please know that life will change. It won't. 
I promise it won't always be like this. Today is not your forever. You're not going to stop missing your loved one, but you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. So for the last two weeks, I shared some of my life, the chaos and drama, before I met and moved in with Monica. I encourage you to go back and listen to them before this episode, just for more context. Today, I'm going to give two very different examples of dependency in a relationship, which both contribute to a harder walk in grief and the real possibility of getting stuck. The first example is mine, and the second is of my sister. Up until the point of meeting Monica, I had only lived to survive. And as I shared last week, Mo was the mother I never had. She was the sister I never had, even though I had both of them by blood. She supported and encouraged me, and she became my anchor in life. After moving in with her, my ex-husband, he threatened to kill me. And my reaction, of course, was to get underneath a window. And I shrunk up and got pretty scared. Monica's reaction? She rose up and she was ready to fight. Now, her background was also chaotic, but it was in a different way. Her parents were alcoholics and she was adopted by her grandmother. Her brother was adopted by an aunt and an uncle and they had moved out of state. Her brother didn't even know they were siblings until she spilt the beans at a family gathering. Her brother also died at age 25 in a fiery crash because he had been drinking. We both knew there was more to life. We both had a Sunday school upbringing and religion, but we both never had family that we could count on. So we became that to each other. Now, if you look at a situation like this, you know there is great dependency on one another because we did most things together. Besides living together, we worked at the pig farm together. (laughs) We explored all the latest diets We drank together, we sang together, and we understood the struggle of returning to school at an older age. So we found great security in that relationship. It may sound lovely, and it was, especially from how we both had grown up. However, that kind of dependency will stunt personal growth. I never would have made it through life had I not met Monica, but I also never really became who I was created to be in that relationship. Now, I dated her cousin, I dated a country music singer, and several other men, but my level of trust in men was low, and I was too scared to get serious with any man because of what I went through with my ex. So dating was fun, but when it became serious, I ended things over and over and over again. Now, when Monica died, after 17 years of such dependency, I lost the only stability I had ever known. It forced me to confront my past, forgive a lot of the wrongs, set boundaries, base life on truth, and not live based on my emotion. I was Monica's caretaker for six months, and that, if y'all have done that in your life, you know it teaches you how strong you really are. I also took care of all the legal business of Monica's estate, and I had to return to work and finish my second master's degree when I just wanted to fall into a hole. I was confused about most things on a daily basis. So after my initial year-long fight with God, I had to decide to trust him and to live by the truth of his word. Game-changing decision, my friend. I gained a sense of 
who I was with self-confidence and competence that I had never had before. Now, on the flip side is my sister. Her dependency was on our mentally ill mother. My mother controlled every aspect of her existence. She was mean to my sister, ridiculed her physical appearance, her financial situation, actually everything. When my sister went to visit my mother to the house she grew up in, my mother kept the doors locked until a certain time when she was allowed in. She twisted the truth on an hourly basis, so my sister always thought that she was crazy. And her continued attempts to gain acceptance were never enough. She and I had no relationship because my mother played us against each other and told her regularly that my dad hated her. It's ironic, but not uncommon, that in those relationships, the daughter never stops trying to gain acceptance, but doesn't understand she never will. The child never stops loving the parent. The child stops loving themselves. My mother got sick in 2020, and I went to Maryland to help set up hospice care and some other things. When my sister came, my mother yelled at her because she said she was trying to kill her with the virus. Now, she was talking about COVID, but I had also come from a different state. She also screamed at her about yeah, her appearance again, and the nagging continued. My mother died a couple weeks later, and though I knew better, I had hoped that my sister would gain some freedom. However, she continues to mourn my mother physically, but also, and maybe more so, the relationship that they never had. The two biggest differences between my sister and I going through grief are, number one, she never got away or escaped <laughs> from, from my mother like I did. But two, and more importantly, she doesn't have a relationship with God, which my mother also played a role in too. My sister is three years older than I am, and she has never gained any traction or ever enjoyed real joy. She remains in survival mode with no self-confidence or competence because the only place she knows to live is in the past. And it's the only conversation she really wants to have because it's all she knows. The word of the week, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It's a perfect verse. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It's Psalm 118, 8 to 9. My identity came from my relationship with Monica for a long time, and that dependency made it harder after she died. The only way you're going to have a sense of yourself have confidence and self-confidence is by knowing the truth about you. That truth only comes from God and his word. My sister's truth, her identity, remains steeped in who my mother, a mentally ill person, said she was. Y'all pray for me because it's time I have a conversation with my sister because she, without any intent, tries to get me to live in the past with her. So I'm going to leave you all with a story that I believe God gave me to share with her. Maybe in some way it will help you too. This is a part of an article that I read, and there are other versions of this too, but this one is by a lady named Kathy Stamps. She says, I heard a story about a beautiful tiger who had been rescued from a lifetime in a roadside zoo, finally escaping the cage. The tiger had been there since birth and didn't know anything about life outside those bars. 
She spent her days anxiously pacing back and forth along a 12-foot wall, looking out the bars into the faces of people who were looking back at her. Finally, the zoo was shut down and the tiger was relocated to an expansive natural habitat with acres of rolling hills and an environment that stimulated the natural habitat of big cats. The people who ran the preserve watched the tiger carefully to make sure she adapted to her new home. What they discovered is that the tiger continued to pace neurotically back and forth all day in a 12-foot path, despite the fact that there were no longer any walls, cages, or restraints to keep her from roaming freely throughout the many acres of land in which she now lived. Escaping the cage in a physical way was not all she needed to claim her freedom. I've thought a lot about that tiger, especially in relation to how we as humans exhibit frighteningly similar behavior. We dream of bigger lives, freer lives, lives in which we are able to pursue our passions, spend time on things that matter to us, enjoy new experiences, and grow in all the areas of our being. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it? So why don't we do it? Why do we keep pacing those 12 feet? What keeps us in our cages? Often it is because we have convinced ourselves that we can't really have that life, that we don't deserve better, or even that we are somehow being irresponsible or greedy to want more. For us, escaping the cage starts with recognizing that we are in one. While we may not be in physical cages, many of us have created frighteningly strong ones in our minds. We have become so ritualized in the equivalent of the tiger's pacing behavior that we don't realize we have all the power and wisdom and resources we need to break out and live a life of joy, engagement, inspiration, and purpose. Instead, we settle, we mark our time, and we complain about our situations rather than making a change that would get us closer to what we really want. Now, her article goes on to talk about different things, but to me, the important thing here is the only way to get the power, wisdom, and resources to get out of the cage, whatever label your cage has, which it could be grief for you right now, it could be the past that you're still living in, the only way to break free is through truth. And y'all, you know where the truth comes from. It is not from what culture says it is. It is not from personal truths. It is not from what people say about you. It's not even what you think about yourself sometimes. The truth is only going to be found from God and his word. If you want to get a hold of who you are and who you are to become, do the praying and the reading. And the rising don't hurt either, but specifically the praying and the reading. Spend time in the Bible and spend time with God and watch how your life changes. Your journey works or the work of your journey this week is simply to think about what you would label your cage. I think we all have them in our lives and sometimes we stay in them only because the discomfort of coming out is greater than the discomfort of staying in. But just think about what that means for you and your life and then pray about it and seek God's wisdom and power to change it. By listening to this episode, it tells me you are doing the work of grief, and I know that's not easy. If you're ready to take another step towards your healing, there are more resources on the website, grief2greatday.com.
www.thepeacefulchurchofgod.com. And if you don't have a church home, visit mychurchopendoorchurch.com. Links to everything you need are always in the show notes or on the website. In the meantime, remember who holds your future and know that you are not alone. Keep coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking those steps, however small or slow or ugly, towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.